on your feet now. Applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourselves into His presence. Know this. God is God and God, God. He made us. We didn't make Him. We're His people, His well-tended sheep. Enter with a password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise. Thank Him, worship Him, for God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal as always and ever. Let's pray together. Father, as we come to your word now, won't you speak to us? Won't you allow the utterances of this mouth be pleasing to you, God, and may we hear what you have to say to your church. Amen. Good morning, everyone, from me. Welcome to the service. So good to see most of your faces. Some of them I don't know. I'd love to meet you. My name's Barry. And uh, apparently, Moira just messed up my intro, but I'm one of the power couple, apparently. So in the first service, I said to John, who he wasn't here, I was like, but John, surely if you're part of the power couple, you get like a double salary at the end of the month or like a bonus of some sort. Moira just upgraded me in the middle of the chocolate demonstration and um, now I told her don't forget that one because my intro is quite funny. But now she's outed me and now I'm not a comedian. <laughs> uh, anyway, but John was actually watching online and he typed in the comments, no raise, no bonus, nothing for you son. It's all about Debbie. <laughs> okay, forget that. Um, we're in the middle of a series, worship series, um, we titled um, Password, Thank You. Warren did us a beautiful design, check there, fingerprint. Um, and it's about corporate worship, it's about when God's people get together in one place and they worship together. This isn't the like personal time that you have on Wednesday morning when you wake up early, that's individual worship. We in this series are concentrating on when God's people come together. Um, we're basing it in that Psalm 100. Um, so last week, if you were at church or if you watched online, I spoke just on verse 1 of that. Based around the psalm was that old school song, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. You know that one? Um, if you don't, it's just a song from 20 years ago when Debbie was just starting here. Um, but it was saying, like, when God's people come together, they enter this place with thanksgiving. And so I challenged us as a church to be a bit more intentional about when we arrive here on a Sunday morning or when we're on our way to this place, like, be intentional. Don't just fall in the door or fall out the car because your wife kicked you um, or because that's what you normally do. Arrive here with this express purpose that I'm coming together with God's people and we are going to be worshiping the King of Kings and we're going to be doing it together. Okay, so that, that's pretty much the start. So we concentrated on verse 1. Apparently today on the YouVersion Bible app, verse 2 is the verse of the day for Psalm 100. Some of you have seen it. Moira told me that. I didn't read it. Um, but in this message now, we're going to just go straight to verse 4, and it's the title passage. There it says it. Enter with a password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise, thank him, worship him. Simple. One verse we're going to touch on today. I'm going to do the first two points, and then I'm going to get some people to help me do the rest. 
So the first one says, and let's jump straight in, enter with the password, thank you. How many of you have the same password for all of your stuff? So like your internet banking and, and your email and your computer password and your phone. <laughs> Only three of you, come on. Or it's actually like it's made up of your birth date probably. I know this. Or like your wife's name or like a mixture of one of your kids' names. But it's, it's the same password that you just meander in and out. And how irritating is it when you get there and you're like, hmm, what is it for iTunes? Um, is it Debbie is love? Is it Debbie123? Is it Debbie is awesome? Uh, or did I put my birth date here? The 9th of March. <laughs> just putting it out there. I mean, you've got to do that as often as you can. Um, and then you can't. So you click the I forgot this password, sorry mate. And then they send you an email. You click in the email and it says reset your password. And you come here and you're like, okay, what am I going to put in this time? Hmm. Debbie is love. So you type that in and it says, ha, you've used that one before. <laughs> ah, you need a new one that's fresher than the last three months. And you're like, oh, okay. Is this just me or is it like a lot of us? Okay. You're like, so then you go, okay, Barry is awesome. <laughs> but... No, you never do that. You can't do that. So you go. <laughs> so you make another variation and you call it Debelicious123 or something. I don't know. Sorry, babe. There's a lot of you in the service. <laughs> I haven't written all this down. Um, essentially, you've got to jump through these hoops to get into your stuff. When I read this, enter with a password thank you. It's saying, there isn't any hoops. It's not a difficult thing to do. It's not a hack. It's simple. Thank you. It's the password for corporate worship that has been forever, from when the psalmist wrote this down, probably. Everyone knows it. There's no secrets. Like, even if you felt like you maybe forgot it when you got to the door, you could just be like, hey, what is the password? Just be thankful. Just pull in. It's an attitude, it's a leaning of the spirit. And most importantly, being thankful is a byproduct or an understanding that you're about to meet with Jesus, the King of Kings. You're about to meet with Jesus, the King of Kings. And so, thank you is appropriate. That's the first one. There's no hoops, there's no password hacks. Just come. Make yourselves at home is the next part of that verse. For me, making myself at home, when I get home, I'm going to take this shirt off and these shoes, put on some shorts, get a bit more comfortable. I'm probably going to open the fridge and be like, let me have a drink, maybe a little snack, open the cupboard, some sweets, I don't know. I'm familiar at that place. I drop my guard and I become more of myself. Sometimes it's super chilled. Just put your feet up, watch sport, whatever. Jam with the kids in the garden. But sometimes it's also about hard work. There's, there's chores, there's housework to do. Many of you know that I've been building a kitchen. So like my spare time, I'm just like putting a few hours into like making kitchen nice. 
What does it mean to make this space your home? I don't think it means pitching up here next week in your PJs, Tam, or like some cute little slippers, because people might look and go, wow, check that chick, she's a little bit socially weird. Um, <clears throat> they're going to attach a stigma, okay? So you still have to like maybe dress up, but there's no dress code. You're all open to make this place your home. I read a proverb this week. Home is where the heart is. Even Elvis wrote a song about that. And most of you have heard the proverb. But the description around that proverb says, your home will always be a place for which you feel the deepest affection, no matter where you are. Your home will be the place where you feel the deepest affection, no matter where you are. And I think the psalmist here could very well be saying to us, when we come to worship, set your mind that this place or the people that you worship with is going to be your deepest affection. I'd like to tell you a quick story. Most of you know my mom is a twin. And her sister's in Joburg at the moment. And she's been quite ill. Um, and essentially, I ask her, I phone up, how's it, Auntie May? How are you doing? No, she's fine. And then her response is actually quite incredible. She says to me, I haven't been to church for eight weeks. That's how sick she's been, in and out of hospital. And I was like, jeepers. When you ask me how I am, I'm like, yeah, oh, I'm okay, quite busy week, whatever, I'm doing this, dropping kids, fetching that, building kitchen. My core response is not based around meeting with you guys. And the psalmist is trying to get that across. My aunt, this week, is week nine. And she might very well be watching this. But she hasn't been able to gather with God's people to worship. And that's the core of her, how are you, response. I'll out my mom here. She's, she's quite sick. She's lost her voice completely. And she messaged me just before this. And she said, I'm going to sneak in at the back. I'm going to wear a mask and I won't talk to anyone and I'll be out before you're gone. So I'm not looking at her now, but she is here. <laughs> because she doesn't want to miss out. She didn't know this was happening. She didn't know about Debbie. Nothing. She didn't want to miss out on meeting with you guys and bringing worship. Okay, that's enough said. Making yourself at home. This isn't addressed to anyone specific. This is addressed to everyone. The worship service is for everyone. It's an invite. And the beautiful thing is, everyone is at home. Everyone should be striving to make it more like home. And everyone should feel at home. It's pretty much all of us at home. So that's the second point. The third point is when it's going to get fun. What does it say there? Talking praise. What does that look like for a, for a church to be talking praise? I thought we'd just maybe 
demonstrate it a little bit. So I'm going to ask our three worship leaders for today to come up here. And can I get three guys just to quickly grab those two chairs and those two chairs? Come on, Torzi. Who else? Here we go. And just bring them up here. I'm going to ask our worship leaders some questions. And we're going to talk praise together. Oh, thanks, George. So fast, bro. I saw you walking so slowly there, bro. Check at that. Sorry, Debs. Um, there was one special cushion. Can you? That's for the interviewer. <laughs> it's actually just because there wasn't another one of those little grey ones. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, morning, everyone. Thanks for leading us in worship this morning. Um, so these are three of our worship leaders. You obviously recognise them. If you don't know them, that's Tyron and Janice and Debbie, and. We're going to talk praise for the next 10 minutes, and then we'll close the service. So I've got questions for you. I don't know where they are. Um, they're over here. Off the bat, how long have you been leading worship? Uh, probably about 20 years. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> Maybe a bit longer. I did lead before that at Kidsman and Youth and stuff when I was a teenager. Beautiful. 20 years. Okay. So since I was a teenager, so I'm going to say 17 years. Nice. Tyron? I started today. <laughs> Tyron's lost his voice. So if we get anything meaningful out of him, it'll be a good thing. Just pretend like and smile. Okay. It's okay. First day. Well done. Okay. Um, give, give me an embarrassing moment. On stage, it doesn't have to be this stage, but just something that's gone down when you've been trying to corporately lead us in worship and it's just been a flop. It's this one right now. <laughs> For me. <laughs> Never have I ever been on a stage and not been able to speak properly. <laughs> so definitely today. Thank you all for joining. <laughs> joining for your most embarrassing moment on stage. Okay. Okay, my most embarrassing moment was here at home ground, and it was in the evening service, and I laughed on stage, and that was because... Wait, wait, she laughed out loud on the microphone <laughs> in the middle of worship, and I was like, you know that people are listening. <laughs> so in the context, I was playing piano, Barry was playing guitar, he broke a string, he's like, you keep playing, I was like, sure, I got, I got this. Let me do raise a hallelujah that has a call and response vocal part. But you don't sing, I got this. And then he goes to his little gadgets and gizmos here, and they stop working. And then my keyboard stops working. And I was like, I'm not working. We're still singing. And so I was just like, ha, 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 And I'll let you know that I went and listened to the online. My guitar was gone, my mic was gone, the whole band was gone except for her, her vocal. So she's singing by herself and then she's laughing by herself and online I'm just going, what a win we have here. Okay, Debs, you got something? was also here. I mean, there have been a few. Some of you might even remember this. It was a very long time ago and I'm just going to say his name out loud. Carl Vandenberg, if anyone knows him, was playing keyboard and it was an awesome worship moment in our rehearsal. I was like, this is just incredible. 
And um, he was just going to give me a C on the keyboard, and then we were going to launch into Great and Power, you know that song, it's quite an old song. We're going to go straight into the chorus, amazing. He gives me the C, I'm like, mm, sounds a little bit wrong, so I look at him, and he goes, <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I was like, it sounds really high, but I don't know what to do anyway. And I'm having this whole conversation in my brain, but all these people are staring and we must just, just go and I, and I just launched into Great and Power and it was so high. Great! <laughs> it was so high. And anyway, and then the rest of the band had to come in and so eventually I had to call it. I was like, okay, we have to stop. This is out of control. <laughs> it was so bad that I met someone new the week after that. I was at my mentor's house and she said, oh, have you met this person? And the lady looked at me and said, oh, you're that girl who sang really high in church the other day. <laughs> that was me. Thanks, Carl. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. <clears throat> so I'm one of those guys that's somewhat distracted in a worship service. I like to look around. I like to see. I'm like, why is that guy wearing that? Or I'm like, what is the sound guy thinking today? This is quite strange. And then next thing you know, I'm like, oh no, I'm, I'm here to worship, okay, and I start singing. Next thing you know, I'm like, sure, how good is that guitarist? Man, love. I wish I could play the guitar. Oh, I'm supposed to be worshiping. Come back, and another strange person walks past me. I'm like, what's happened here? You're getting distracted now. Oh, I'm Get getting distracted now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm a bit like that. So for me, sitting in this very front seat, I don't see any of you. Brilliant. Um, okay, so, as worship leaders, give me some advice about being distracted in a worship service. Okay, cool. So, for me, um, it, it has been a challenge when we were in COVID, like, in the heat of it, and with just the masks, and all we could see was people who, you know, it was quite a challenge to lead worship like that. Because we, we definitely were not used to having that kind of response. And so one of the things I learned to do over the years was just kind of close my eyes and focus and center back to Jesus. Um, focus on the words, center myself, and go again. Um, it really helped me get back to the moment and focusing, obviously, on Jesus. And then sometimes... Um, what I do is I focus on the one person that's excessively expressive about worship uh, because I am that kind of person. If you've ever seen me up here, um, I think I, it would be a, a challenge for me to keep my feet together. <laughs> uh, but something's got to move. So I really, really like when someone's quite expressive. I focus on that one person. And that's a huge encouragement to me to continue um, praising and worshiping and leading. Awesome. You guys? I want to speak from a congregation perspective. When we visit churches, which uh, we like to do quite often, um, I actually always get asked, what did you think about the singing or what did you think about the worship? And people maybe just assume that because I am a singer that I'm critical. Uh, but when it comes to church, I'm actually really not. When I walk into a worship moment, my approach is just to worship. It doesn't matter if the person is singing out of key or if the band botched it up. It literally doesn't matter to me. That song's probably on one of my playlists on worship. 
the words are on the screen, so I'm just gonna close my eyes and I'm gonna engage. Um, so that's, that's me when I'm in the congregation. Yeah, I think clo close your eyes. If you're new to church, seeing people singing with their eyes closed might be weird, but it's really helpful to focus on Jesus. I even try to picture him or what he would be, how he would be responding to me in that moment. I'm sitting in the front, good. But also I think just the mindset of diversity, like if I think about what God sees when he sees us all singing and he sees all these hearts and it doesn't matter if you prefer to be still in worship, if you want to sit, if you're super expressive, if you sing horribly out of key, it's the heart that he's looking at. And so I think my mindset is just, out, let me be me and let everyone else be them. And as long as you can come before God and worship him at home, awesome. Um, Jan, I just want to pick up, in the first service you said something about a verse. That Do that, that was cool. Thanks. <laughs> so... There are two perspectives, which is one when, when you're in the congregation and the other is when you're up here. So let me just start off by saying it's quite intimidating being up here. There's a lot that's going through your head. And so sometimes if we look at the congregation and us as a family and people don't look like they're engaging, you just question, oh, am I singing weird? Oh, I should have warmed up. Um, but I always remind myself of a scripture and that scripture is if I be lifted up I will draw all men and that's God speaking and so for me I just feel if I just lift him up if I can just focus on who God is and what he means to me if I exalt him he will draw men it's not my job to do that mm, cool all right um three or four years ago we we came up with this transformation church which was Jacques and my um sort of baby and one of the things the two words that we had said together was engagement and encounter. If we can assist people, our church, to engage with anything, with, with music or with the, with the worship or with the preach, with the coffee, with volunteering, with kids ministry, with anything, if we can assist people to engage, they will encounter Jesus. And so as we were chatting, me and Janice, this week, we added a third one, and I see it's up there on the screen already approach so and that's sort of the same as what i said to you i will enter his gates before you get here the mindset of approach okay so we've made it into like a little loopy there for you um hopefully you can take a screen grab in your mind of that and this is coming to the corporate space of worship how you approach how you choose to engage and how you encounter jesus and then that sort of is a cycle and so my last question is going to be based around this. Um, so you, you can feel free to use any one of those words in your descriptions or in your talk. Um, <clears throat> and don't forget to say anything you said in the first service if it was good. <laughs> okay, so I'd like you to share with us a moment in corporate worship where you've encountered Jesus. Simple as that. Tell us about I'll it. I'll go first. Um, I actually forgot this in the first service, but um, it was that summer camp. Back in the day, we used to go to the Baptist Youth Summer Camp in Kimberley. There were about 1,300 teenagers all there together, and the one year I was in charge of kind of running it. And um, if you've ever been there before, there's like this, um, this veranda space where everyone kind of comes in through the doors at the back, and people are pumped. So in terms of approach, your people are ready to come and to worship together. And everyone was standing there and all ready to come in. We were about to open the doors and the sound guy called me and said, everything's died. It's all just gone down. 
Um, and so he was running around trying to get the sound and the lights and whatever, there'd been a massive power cut. And so I ran and I got my friend out of the prayer meeting. He was a worship leader, Gavin. He, you, many of you would have remembered him from here. I pulled him up, I got him, gave him a guitar. He stood on a table outside under this veranda. Barry was his mic stand, holding the mic to his face. The loud hailer, it was a loud hailer, it wasn't even a microphone. And uh, Gavin strummed and started worshiping because everyone was ready to worship and it wasn't ready inside, and people just started singing. And so there were 1,300 teenagers that were so keen to engage with Jesus that before we had even gone inside, we had encountered God. And then poof, the power came back on and we opened the doors and that night was pretty awesome. Um, I had a really, I've had lots of great moments with God, lots of great moments in corporate worship with God. Um, but the distinct story that I want to share is when Ty and I were engaged and we were planning our wedding and we were very broke and he made the unfortunate mistake, it's too late now, of marrying a musician. <laughs> and we were planning our wedding and we just said to each other, there's no chance that we're going to make it to afford a wedding. And so I went home and I was like, I'm not having that. And so I wrote a letter to God saying all the things that I wanted for our wedding color flowers, I was very detailed. If you know me, that's my personality. God got a proper list, looked like groceries. And so I put that away, I didn't tell anybody about it. And um, in the beginning of the year, we had a combined church service. And so there was somebody who was prophesying. When he went to the person on the right, gave them this beautiful word. Went to the person on my left, gave him a beautiful word. I was like, yes, let me just get comfortable, <laughs> and nothing. The person didn't even look me in the eye, not, not, even just a, <laughs> not even just a nod. And so I went home a little bit disappointed, and while I was driving home in my car, I was like, God, what happened? Did she lose your voice? <laughs> Yo. And so, no, I didn't say that, <laughs> it was just for the sake of stage. And so um, I just, I have a good relationship with God, and I just, said to God, you and I talk, and if you wanted to say something to me, you would say it to me, so I'm just going to rest in that. So I got home, I got into my room, and my friend calls me, and she says, Jay, are you sitting down? So I was like, no. She says, okay, sit down. So I was like, sure. Here's me still standing. And she says, they were at their church service, which is a significant distance away from where we were. She doesn't know anything about what I've written. And in the middle of their worship service, the guy who was preaching stopped and he just said, J-A-N-I-C-E, what is that? And so nobody responded to him because it was quite weird. And so he said again, J-A-N-I-C-E, who is that? Is she here? And so my friend says, no, that's Janice. She's like, that's my friend, but she's not here. She's not in this church. And he said, go and tell your friend that her marriage is opened and everything she's asked for she'll receive. And so that for me is one of many incredible moments that I've had with God. But just being real and not trying to over-spiritualize it. I went home completely disappointed, like, oh, what happened, God? Did you forget about me? I was just being honest. And so that's helped me in my moments to come back in. And so my approach is, oh, Lord, I love you so much. Thank you for everything. And it's easy for me to engage coming off the back of that and to encounter God. And then it's just this continuous cycle of my life. I just want to say, I didn't start off there, 
my granny used to go to a Methodist church and I would fall asleep on the, on the chair, like the pew chairs. I would fall asleep on that because church was so boring for me as a kid. Um, but I kept going and I kept going and I kept going and I kept going and my approach was small and my engage was small and my encounter was small and then my approach got bigger and my engage and my encounter and that cycle has just continued in my life. You got something for us. That was also part of my story. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just letting you guys know that was me as well. <clears throat> I think for me, um, just like Deb, there's been a ton of experiences um, as a worshiper, and you come. At, like sometimes it's extremely hard. Um, like how Barry would say, and he said in the previous service, that sometimes you're rushing here, you're just telling the child, come on, get to church. Someone doesn't do something right in the morning and you, you're feeling hungry when you got here and you're just like, Lord, I'm so hungry. I can't sing this morning. <laughs> I got here this morning with hardly any voice. <laughs> and so sometimes the approach is not the most amazing. But if you can engage, you're almost guaranteed an encounter with Jesus. It is almost guaranteed if you can engage that Jesus will meet you at that point. For me, I think in most of the services, I've always encountered the love of Jesus. And I feel like it's always so overwhelming to go back to understand what this God did for me. Uh, that just, just really overtakes me. But one of the experiences we had when we were really young, as teenagers, we went for a conference and um, we were super pumped. The approach, yes, everyone was extremely keen. Who doesn't like going on an excursion, <laughs> right? Doesn't matter where you're going or what you're gonna do, we're going on an excursion. And we had a whole bunch of kids with us, and we went to this conference. Approach was amazing. Uh, we had to register, and from that point, they had so many activities for us. Some fun ones, some God-centered ones, but all different kinds throughout the day, leading up to the worship service that was going to round up everything for the entire day. But that approach was absolutely amazing. The engage was there, every, like almost every kid and every uh, young adult that was in that arena was pumped because of everything that was happening throughout the day and we got to meet new friends and build relationships and so when we got into the space to worship everybody was like geared up like yeah and we started worshiping and literally they called that conference wildfire and that's what it was like in that arena it was literally like wildfire rushing through every heart and every soul in that building that I would never forget that for the rest of my life as a teenager. I feel like those were, that was one of the most, or the most powerful encounters I had with Jesus. And it changed my life, never to be the same again. Mm. Okay, we're going we're gonna to land the ship. Can I say one other I was one? about to say, Debs wrapped up in the first service off the cuff. That was like better than the whole sermon. Sorry, Baza. So um, can you, can no, you go again? I just wanted to say that one of, one of my favorite passages is um, in Acts chapter 16, where Paul and Silas are 
in prison. Jacques actually pe preached from that passage a, f a little a few weeks ago. But you know that story, they're in prison and they're praying and worshiping and um, all the other prisoners are listening to them. Um, and essentially what happens is that the prisoners' chains all come off. And just thinking about corporate worship, it's, there's something amazing about worshiping together. So number one, Paul and Silas were the ones that are singing. Everyone else is listening. I'm sure that they were encouraged. Corporate worship, when you worship together, obviously it changes me, but it also changes others around me. It might encourage or enthuse or whatever, take someone out of a situation. It's not about your situation. It's about, um, they, they were in prison. So it's not about your situation, but when you approach and engage. But the most incredible thing is that Paul and Silas were worshiping, but everyone's chains came off. Everyone's chains were broken. There's something that happens in the spiritual realm when we come together and we worship with an anthem together, that together we raise our voices, we raise that hallelujah, it doesn't matter what our circumstances are, and people are set free because of that. God moves because of that. I don't fully understand all the theology of that, but something happens. And so just an encouragement that when we come, when we sing, when, when you are willing to add your voice to the corporate worship voice, God does incredible things. Awesome. Okay, so Dan, chuck that scripture back up there for a second, if you don't mind. Yeah, there we go. Talking praise. The next thing says, thank him, worship him. We worshiped him when we arrived. I'm going to close the service just by praying a, a prayer of thanks, and then we're going to go into our week. Is that cool? God, thank you so much for the service. Thank you for each and every person that's here, that's viewing online. And God, thank you for bringing us together for today. And so I pray that as we study this scripture, it would fall softly into our hearts, but stay there. May we remember that coming to this place to worship with your people, there's no hacks to get in. It's just thanks. May we share of the moments that we spend together. May we talk praise, God. We bless you for this space. We bless you for this place and these people. And all God's people says, amen. amen.